Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLevs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Connie. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest for today is a journal editor in the field of immunotherapy, Dr. Benjamin Smith. Benjamin, thanks for joining us. Nice to meet you, Connie, and thanks for allowing me to be here. In the previous episode, we mentioned that the retina has served as a model for the anatomy, physiology, and development of the central nervous system. And, we reviewed tissues from optic vesicles to understand some interesting observations about retinal stem cells. The eye is a complex tissue. It develops from cells derived from the neural tube, neural crest, surface ectoderm, and mesoderm. The retina is the neurosensory tissue originating from the inner layer of the optic cup. In contrast, the retinal pigment epithelium originates from the outer layer of the optic cup. Both the inner and outer optic cup layers contribute to the formation of the ciliary body and iris. And, stem cells have been isolated from the ciliary body and iris. Additionally, Muller glial cells in the retina have been found to divide and give rise to neurons in the early post-hatched chick. Well, our topic today will mainly focus on this discovery retinal neurogenesis in post-hatched chicken. Benjamin, can you tell us anything about this? Sure. By embryonic day 12, retinal neurogenesis in most chick retinas had been completed. Post-hatched chicks were examined for bromodeoxyuridine incorporation to search for stem cells in the developing retina. It has been found that two areas could be labeled. In a normal retina without damage, the POS-thatch 7-day retina was labeled at the ciliary margin. This is reminiscent of the findings for amphibian and fish discoveries. After being tracked by bromodeoxyuridine labeling, these cells were found to incorporate into the inner nuclear layer. Subsequently, they give rise to bipolar and amacrine neurons. In contrast, no cells were found in the outer nuclear layer containing photoreceptors. Antigens consistent with inner nuclear layer fates were also observed. As the time of harvest becomes later and later, newly generated cells appear more and more concentrated. I see. So, what do these findings suggest? These findings suggest that ciliary marginal zone cells were producing more retinal neurons to accommodate the extra growth in the eye. It was previously thought to occur only through the expansion of the vitreous cavity volume and stretching of the retinal tissue. However, this does not occur throughout a chicken's lifetime as it does in amphibians and fish. Because growth stops a few weeks post-hatch. In addition, the number of mitotic cells in the ciliary marginal zone of chickens did not increase after the injection of the N-methyldeaspartate toxin. This is different from the response observed in Xenopus eyes. However, injections of epidermal growth factor, insulin, or insulin-like growth factor 1 did increase mitotic activity in this region. Furthermore, cells with gene expression profiles and processes consistent with ganglion cell fate were observed if insulin was administered together with fibroblast growth factor 2. You made it very clear. 
you just mentioned that the incorporation of bromodeoxyuridine labels two areas. One area is the retina at the ciliary margin. What is another area? Another site of bromodeoxyuridine incorporation can be identified in post-hatch chicks following the application of the toxin N-methyldeaspartate. This toxin mainly targets amacrine cells. Bromodeoxyuridine incorporation into Muller glial cells of the central retina was observed if bromodeoxyuridine was administered two days after N-methyldeaspartate injection at POS-7 day. Labeling with bromodeoxyuridine after toxin administration resulted in a few labeled cells. It appears that the process triggered by toxin administration takes about two days to stimulate cell division. This response is also developmentally limited. Because labeled cells were rarely observed after POS-14 day. Also, this response fades in a central to peripheral manner. This is analogous to the initial wave of neurogenesis in the retina. Muller glial cells do have the capacity to undergo reactive gliosis. This is a phenomenon associated with various types of retinal damage in adult mammals and birds. Reactive gliosis occurs in astrocytes throughout the central nervous system. Characteristics of such cells include limited cell division, expression of intermediate filament proteins, and increased process outgrowth. However, it has not been determined whether this type of cell division leads to the production of neurons elsewhere in the central nervous system or retinal of adult birds. Okay, I get it. You mentioned earlier that the bromodeoxyuridin-labeled cells are in the inner nuclear layer. Do they contain Muller cells? Sort of. Bromodeoxyuridin-labeled Muller glial cells induced by toxin treatment are found in both the outer and inner nuclear layers. However, Muller glial nuclei are usually only found in the inner nuclear layer. Some of the labeled cells co-express two markers of retinal progenitor cells, and some express a marker of early retinal progenitor cells. Additionally, a small fraction of bromodeoxyuridine-labeled cells were found to have neuronal morphology, and they express markers of amacrine cells and bipolar cells. However, many cells transiently express a neurofilament marker. This is normally expressed on the horizontal cells and ganglion cells of the retina. The researchers found no markers of photoreceptor cells. Also, many bromodeoxyuridine-labeled cells persisted for at least 12 days in what appeared to be an arrest. The possibility of an in vivo environmental restriction on photoreceptor cell production was explored by culturing toxin-treated retinas. However, the genesis of photoreceptor cells was also not observed. I understand. So, can Muller glial cells in chicks divide without the toxin treatment? Yeah. In the absence of added toxins, the growth factor also stimulated the division of Muller glial cells in chicks. They subsequently give rise to neurons. Intraocular injection of insulin and fibroblast growth factor 2 from POS-7 day onwards resulted in the generation of many mitotic Muller glial cells. 14 days after the last injection, some bromodeoxyuridine-labeled cells showed markers of amacrine and possibly ganglion cells. In contrast, other cells showed markers of Muller glia. 
Like the findings after N-methyldeaspartate injection, no markers of photoreceptor cells were observed. To explore the types of toxins, and thus the target cells killed by the toxins, the researchers injected several types of toxins along with insulin and fibroblast growth factor 2. When ganglion cells were targeted by toxins, kinic acid, or colchicine, more cells with ganglion cell markers were observed. These studies offer hope. Specific cells that die in various retinal diseases may be efficiently replaced when the stem cells are stimulated with the right cocktail of factors. Sounds promising. Have there been studies of proliferation within the uninjured retina of mammals? What were the findings, if any? Yeah. In one study, four-week-old rats were injected intraperitoneally with bromodeoxyuridine for five days. The only incorporation reported was at the ciliary border. That is, no labeling of Muller glial cells was observed. Opossum and mouse cells were also examined and no incorporation of centrally located Muller glial cells was observed. Some labeled cells were observed in the ciliary border of possums, but not mice. I get it. Radial glia, astrocytes, and Muller glia have been reported to share some antigens with progenitor cells. Is this true? It's true. And this similarity is broader than previously recognized. Gene expression in the developing and mature mouse retina was systematically analyzed. It was found that many genes are preferentially expressed in Muller glial cells in the mature retina. Of these genes, most were also found in retinal progenitor cells. Overall, Muller glia should be further explored as a possible source of cells to replace dying neurons. That sounds promising. It's been a great day as well. Thanks for your wonderful sharing. So, I guess we will end here and hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. Same for you.